everybody, Steph Tuss here. Just wanted to take a quick second and let you know we have a fantastic opportunity for you all around leverage, which happens to be the same topic we just discussed today. David and I are hosting a three-part training series called How to Reverse Engineer a Multi-Seven-Figure Business. And the second stage is all about leverage. So this is your opportunity to leverage us to show you how to leverage things in your business. If you'd like to join us, it's completely free. Just go ahead and click on the link in show notes and we'll see you there. Successful people learn how to make their minds work for them. We are Life Is Now, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. The topic for today is leverage. I love leverage. And I, okay, you love leverage. Yeah. What's your definition of leverage? Let's start there. Uh, moving big things with uh, small levers. <laughs> with, with the minimum amount of effort. With minimum amount of effort. That's absolutely correct. It, it is, you know, what's fascinating is that that's how I got interested in all of this to begin with. Because I had an experience which I was trying very, very hard to change some bad decisions in my life was making absolutely no progress whatsoever. As a matter of fact, not just no progress, I was going backwards rapidly. (laughs) (laughs) Rapidly going backwards. It was horrible. It really was horrible. I know we laugh about it, but it was was so stressful back then. But anyway, um, I have this experience where, like this voice, whether it was in my head or it was in that trailer, I have no idea to this day, I get an inner direction that says, do something that is actually very small. Change your attitude. Like it's only a, it's a small adjustment. That's what it was. It was a small adjustment and everything changes in a month. I mean, my whole life changed in a month. I went from not being able to pay my bills to having more than enough. I tripled my income in 30 days. I got a completely new direction in life. I I, I mean, everything got better after I moved that needle just hair and I and I was so fascinated I was fascinated by a lot of things but the thing that I was most fascinated with was how is it that this could happen with such an easy just a very small easy shift where everything else we've been taught was like in order to have success you got to work so hard and you have to suffer and sacrifice and do all of this stuff and I did none of that and I just basically surpassed everybody in my peer group in 30 days. And it was just a little bit. And that it was that, I didn't know the term back then, but I was so fascinated with it. It was the thing that really propelled me into studying. What did you leverage? So what I leveraged knowledge to start off with. Okay. Right. That was, that was what I had. I had, I had a little bit of knowledge and I had a little bit of a skill set. And I took it from one place to another. So that allowed me to that's what allowed me to triple my income. I think people hear leverage. It's kind of like people think in pictures, right? So people hear the word leverage and they don't under they they really don't understand what they don't. what that means. They don't. Right? And leverage shows up in so many different areas, right? I mean, if you're a mechanical engineer, leverage means one thing, right? If you're if you're a business owner, leverage 
means something kind of similar, but it shows up in very different ways. Um, and I've got some stories of, of leverage in my life that had I not leveraged someone else, I honestly don't want to even think about what the outcome would have been. I think the pro- that's probably same for you in the yeah. situation that you were in because yeah. you were you were going backwards, and right. the same was true for me. Is I was I was in a really bad place. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but part of my origin story, like where I first decided that I needed to make a huge change in my life, was when I had my oldest daughter, Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon and I were young. I think I how old was I? Twenty six, twenty five. I mean, young by today's standards, people are having babies a little bit later now. Right. Um, just didn't know what I was doing, essentially. And she was born, and right away we knew something wasn't right. Like, she cried all the time. She didn't have wet or dirty diapers. Like, things that you know babies should, like, that should happen. Right. Um, and I didn't know what was wrong. I... I was at a loss. Like she would cry and cry and cry and cry and cry. And people would just say, oh, it's colic. Oh, it's, you know, it's normal. You just have a colicky baby. But this was like to the point where she was either crying or she was asleep. Because if she was awake, she was crying. <laughs> and then she would cry herself to sleep, right? You know, I I would talk to you about the story of me like in the hallway with her yeah. in the middle of the night, like holding her as she was crying and I actually fell asleep standing up and hit my head on the yeah, on the wall right yeah. so we were in a really bad place and you know top that off with we didn't really have any help and the normal exhaustion that comes with having a newborn especially your first newborn coupled with the extreme exhaustion with having this like super high maintenance baby right and I remember thinking to myself oh my god just put her back in like I can't do this like <laughs> Put her back in. I don't know how to do this. That would take some leverage. (laughs) (laughs) But at that point in my life, I, I don't think I really understood the term leverage because everything that I had done up to that point, up to 26, really was kind of on my own. I didn't really ask anybody for help. I flew very much under the radar. You know, I, I, I was very self-contained and very independent. It was almost kind of shameful for me to ask for help. And I took her to the doctor and the doctor said, we think this is just how she's going to be. Like there's just going to be these issues. Meanwhile, she's not thriving. She's actually losing weight. I think that I'm, you know, killing my newborn daughter, you know, like, oh my God, what is happening? I'm trying to nurse her. Like it was really probably one of the lowest, hardest points in my life. If I'm honest. And you didn't live near any family at that time. You didn't live near any family. It was just me and Brandon. Um, he was working, so he had given me all of his, and we were both teachers. So I had maternity leave and he had paternity leave and he had given me all of his paternity leave so that I can stay home. So that meant that he didn't have any time off work. So it was me, like me. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there was some postpartum depression in there, but I was too tired to even think about whether or not I had postpartum depression at that point. And I went to a doctor and, and he examined her and said, I think this is just how she's going to be. I recommend we do surgery, um, you know, see if we can see anything that's wrong. Like an exploratory like surgery? Like an exploratory surgery on a one-month But basically they had infant. no clue. They had no idea what was wrong. And that, that was the first point in my life where I began to question authority. Like, 
all my life, I had grown up to admire doctors, and I, I still have a great deal of respect for, for medical providers, so don't get me wrong there. Yeah. But it was like their word was rule. Their word was, that's all there is to it. Either you tolerate this, and she just stops thriving, and she just grows how she grows, or we do invasive surgery. And at that point, it was, it was like a line in the sand for me. It was like, that's not acceptable to me. There's got to be something. There has to be something that can be done for this, this poor little girl. I mean, sh- there was nothing on the outside that looked wrong with her, and of course, there's nothing more. There's nothing more um, difficult than having this thing that you love so much, and they can't tell you what's wrong. Yeah. All they could do, all she could do, is cry. Her stomach would get hard as a rock. I mean, it was Very just frustrating. It was terrible. It was so heartbreaking. Um. So I decided that I was going to look outside of traditional medicine. And that's was the first. Any, was there something that prompted you to look in that direction? I mean, and I don't know that I even ever remember, have remembered you telling me. What was it that caused you to start to look outside of traditional medicine? Or, or I should say, what caused you to look in that direction? So it was, it was one person. So I had gone, I had, give, I, I had said like, I need an afternoon and I need a massage. I, I was literally like, I'm going off the deep end here. Okay. So I left Bailey with Brandon. I remember this vividly. And I went and I booked a massage with this massage therapist who I'd never, I'd never had a massage before. Yeah. <laughs> like, this was the first massage okay. I'd ever had living in where we lived in California. And I booked a massage and I got on her table and she started, she started the massage and she was talking to me and asking me questions. And she was someone that kind of specialized in postnatal massage. Okay. Her name was Marjorie. I'll never forget Marjorie. She changed my life. And I was telling her about what was going on. And she said, you know, there are all these different things that you can do to help your, to help your baby. It sounds like she has digestive issues. It sounds like she may have this issue. So maybe you want to try infant massage. Maybe you want to try this thing and this thing. These are this, these are things that never entered my mind as possibilities, right? So this was a person who was talking to me from a really loving place as I was getting a massage, listening to me. I'm on the table crying, you know, and she's like saying, there's there's hope. There's all these different options and I can connect you with all these different people. And maybe, maybe a chiropractor will be able to help or maybe a Chinese herbalist will be able to help. And I have this lactation consultant friend that I can, I can oh, wow. connect you with. And it all started to like open up. And I remember that I felt hope for the first time. But the idea was here in terms of leverage is that I had to realize that I can't, couldn't do this myself. Okay. Right. I could go and I could read all kinds of books and I could like, at that point there wasn't much internet, right? It was 2000. Um, I could do all this research. I could ask all these doctors and I, she would be, she could be worse, right? She just kept getting worse. She never kept getting better. And so I knew that I had to do something fast. So I did every single thing Marjorie listed all at the same time. I took her to infant massage classes. I talked to a chiropractor. I talked to an acupuncturist. And finally, I talked to an herbal, uh, a Chinese herbalist Uh who, um, well, it was two things. The lactation consultant recognized immediately that she was having difficulty nursing and suggested I change my diet. Turns out, Bailey was having an allergic reaction to what I was eating. 
Doctors at that time didn't recognize food allergies as anything. Then I went to a Chinese herbalist, and because her system was so upset, he suggested this special herbal powder that I applied to myself before she nursed. The very first time I applied it, she nursed, and she did not cry, and she did not throw up, and she stayed awake for two hours, and then she took a nap. Oh, my God. It was, And I know if Brandon was sitting here, I know he's over there behind the computer. But if he was sitting here, he would say the same thing as me. Is It was literally unbelievable, the change. So I and changed. this is just applying some powder to your breast. So that applying this this Chinese, I, I, I actually still have the very first vial in, in her baby book because it was so impactful. I can't remember what it was. Um, but I think it cost like $4.50. Oh, and right? they want to do surgery. They wanted to do surgery. So... And it was like overnight, all of her symptoms stopped. And she began to thrive and she stopped crying all the time and her diapers normalized. And the, the thing is, is I just could not eat certain foods. She was allergic to dairy products. She was allergic so to- So now did you find that out systematically? Like you were cutting yes. things out to see what the yes, reaction was? Yes, I stopped was? eating everything. Like I only would eat chicken and rice. So here, so let me ask you a question. What was the science at that time with the idea of what you were eating being transferred through breast milk? Was there any? No. <laughs> Is there any now? Very little. Yeah, there There is is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very little. Um, It was the lactation consultant. Like, she was the one that that suggested I change up my diet because she'd seen it so many times. But it just wasn't widely talked about. And then when I took Bailey back for a checkup and told the doctor what happened, he completely dismissed it and said that she just had grown out of it. Jesus. It was the craziest experience. But the idea well, here either way. Yeah. The idea here is I had to flip from I had to flip from how to who. And I had to leverage someone else's expertise and their knowledge. And I think for me that was a really, really big lesson. And I also think that that lesson transfers over in a really big way to business. Yeah. Because I see so many business owners struggling with the need to figure things out themselves. Even to the point where We'll have a client come in and do a private intensive with us, which is not inexpensive. It's a significant investment. It's worth that investment, but it's significant. And then when we say to them, we want an email every single week telling us what's going on, because if we don't know what's going on, we can't help you. And then they don't email. They're not leveraging our experience and knowledge and expertise and our ability to help them. They fall right back into, oh, they're going to think I'm bothering them or oh I'm ashamed that I didn't do what I say I was going to do or oh you know whatever the excuse is to get them to stop we see this everywhere in business whether it's you know a client not a client clearly seeing that they need to hire a personal assistant right Right. clearly right like their whole entire level of success is tied up in them being supported and staying out of exhaustion, but then really feeling that subconscious like tug of war with allowing someone into their life to help them so that they can be successful. It's leverage to me is in in business especially, leverage to me is whom not how. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, you tell that to people all the time. Well, look at I mean, <clears throat> look at you and Bob. You Proctor, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. You leveraged you leveraged his oh, totally. expertise and yes. knowledge. Look at look at me and you. Right. I leveraged your knowledge and right. expertise. Right. Right. There's it's it's interesting because with Bob, I don't know that he ever had a client that was willing to do exactly what he said to the degree that I did. At least up to that time, that's what he was telling me. <clears throat> and 
especially in the teaching area of our relationship, when you were really a student, you did everything, absolutely everything that I, that I suggested and got those results. And it, it, I need the, it's interesting when you, when you leverage the knowledge of another person, the amount of progress that you can make in a short period of time, right? It is just astounding. Today, even to me today, as much as I know, it's astounding to me how much progress a person can make if they just if they understand um, somebody who's gone before them uh, or or a knowledge that they have never been exposed to before. Yeah, and people are so resistant to asking for that. They are that help, and for asking for asking questions. I remember, I remember when I was, I mean, I was always pretty decent at sales. I mean, I had my own business yeah. before I started coaching with you. It was it was successful. I was selling very very well. Um, but I knew that I could be better. So when I sold my first business and came to work for you, the idea was that I was going to get really good at sales. Like I was going to be a master salesperson. And you said to me, record your calls and let's go over them together. And I was like, no effing way. <laughs> like I hear that a lot. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because we're, we're training someone in sales right now. And we just had this conversation with him. Like it's so vulnerable to, to like record a sales, com you having a conversation with another individual in a sales conversation and then share that with a person that essentially employs you. Like everything goes through your mind. Oh my God, they're going to think I suck. Oh, I'm going to get fired. Oh, I might've done like all these things wrong. Oh God, this is, you know, and you feel like, I mean, I'm the first time you listen to one of my sales calls, I literally felt sick to my stomach, but I knew that my fastest path to growth would be to leverage your experience. Yeah. Yeah. And you had already had a, a really great leverage experience in your life at that yes. time. Yes. I learned back when I was 26, sometimes you just have to ask for help. Yeah. And you and I, the, another interesting thing, a commonality is that we grew up in an environment where that was not looked favorably upon asking for help. You it was did. humiliating yeah. to ask for help. Yep. It really was. And a lot of people go through that. They're raised with this, I have to do it all myself uh, idea. And then, I mean, if you have any little nick or ding in your self-esteem, asking somebody for help is like, was there something wrong with me that I have to ask for help? I mean, that's where they go in their mind. And it, people get shut down their whole life. Yes. And the crazy thing about that is what I've noticed is that people really enjoy being helpful. Yes. Like people yeah. enjoy being helpful. They That's want they want to be helpful. Yes. But you have to be willing to reach out and ask for that help. Can you imagine had you not taken the advice of this person? The road that the doctors would have taken you down with Bailey? No. I it makes me it makes me really sick. And I'm not I'm not angry. I don't blame doctors. They they have a specific sphere of knowledge, right? right? Like right. No, I, get I get that. It. Yeah. Um, but I cannot, and there are people who have gone that route, which right. was one of, I mean, this was the whole reason that I went into business for myself is because I had this experience and thought I'm a teacher. I'm teaching fifth grade right now. I need to be teaching this because right. I know there are other parents out there struggling with this and not understanding the impact that what you eat does affect yeah. your nursing child, right? Like that was the whole I mean, it was like a huge turning point in my life. I mean, I, I taught and went back to school, got my master's degree, opened my practice, all because I was so grateful right. that right. I found this. Well, it was, I'll tell you what, 
when you, when I was starting to have some, some food issues, you recognized them before I did. And when we had a conversation, you explained to me, because I was trying to go to a doctor, and you were explaining to me that doctors had virtually no, inf- no education in um, nutrition. Uh, in nutrition. Yeah. And I was like, what? They have, what are you talking about? Like, it, it, it wasn't computing at first. And then when I looked into what you were saying, I was like astounded. Here's these people. They're not really about health. It's a very different approach, just that approach alone, right? So so in correlation to what you're saying, most people approach a business not really about success, right? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. not really about success, and yeah. they don't know it. Yeah. They just don't know that they're they're approaching it from a very different place. You know, it's... Um, it is a radical shift in thinking to make that shift, but it makes all the difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. I started thinking about leverage after we, you and I were on a podcast. I don't know. It feels like two months ago, but it was probably last week. And it was about how we use Infusionsoft, which I guess they now call Keep. Um, And I started thinking like how much more difficult business would be without leveraging that software. And then I started looking at all of the different tools and software we use and all the different expertise that we use. I mean, we're leveraging podcast equipment right Right. now to get this message out to, you know, thousands, right? right? The podcast itself is leverage of people that I watch do podcasts. Yes. That's how it got started, right? I mean, it's just everywhere. And it, I think it's it's one of those things that has the biggest impact on business growth is if you're resistant to leveraging, whether that's leveraging a, a new hire, uh-huh. right? Leveraging a consultant to come in and actually give you the answers that you've been looking for. Leveraging a piece of software that will allow you to do something that you wouldn't you you couldn't do before. You know, you if you're resistant to that leverage, your business just quite frankly, isn't going to grow. And I know that there are business owners that are listening to this podcast right now that are in a place where they know that they need to hire and they're not doing it. And by hiring, you're leveraging someone else. And that's a good thing because you're providing an opportunity for them to leverage you. It works both ways, right? Like you're leveraging them, their abilities to grow your business. They're leveraging you, your ability to pay them to, to grow in their life and to, to, and to develop. But I think people miss that. They think, yes, I need to hire, but I can't afford it right now. And then it stops. Well, if you look at the average person's life, where would they have experienced leverage? They really wouldn't, not to my knowledge. I mean, when I look back at how, I was raised uh, the limited amount of schooling that I had, but even in the work environment when I worked for other people, there was nothing there about leverage, especially when it came to success. It, it seemed like it was such an anomaly to me how to go from one place to another. And then you start working with somebody that can start, you know, saying, they're, they're like, here, do this and you're going to succeed beyond your wildest imagination. It's like, no, it can't be that. that it can't be that easy. It, that's crazy. And then, it, and then you do, and you're like, wait a second. You know, it, it causes, it, it, at least for me, I'll, you know, I'll just speak for me. It caused an, an abrupt curiosity in my mind of how much of life is actually much easier than we think that it is. 
Because in business, I was watching things change so rapidly based on somebody else's information. And they're teaching you how to think and they're teaching you how to apply things. They're teaching you skill sets that are not that difficult to learn that matter tremendously. Like it's results like night and day. And when you, when, when you start to show it to somebody, I think one of the problems is they don't know that it's there and they don't know that it's real, right? They're, everything in their body has been programmed to, to work hard and to make it hard. Okay, here's another example, okay. right? So I'm like, I'm going in the Wayback Machine. When, and I'm sure everyone listening had this experience, right? Think about math in school, right? Math in school. They had calculators. They did. Right? Yep. And... You knew that you could get the answer really easy using a calculator, but they wouldn't let you use a calculator. Right. Like you have, you have a, you know, a standardized test or you have an exam, you know, you could get the right answer if you could use the calculator, but you couldn't use the calculator. You had to show your work. Tell me why. Like someone explained to me. Well, it's an archaic thought. Right. I mean, so you're not smart enough because you can't do it without a calculator. Right. Right. You're taught that you have to it has to be hard. You have to show your work. You have to explain how you came up with the answer in every which way. Right. That was math for me, man, because I struggled in math like crazy. But I knew how to use a calculator. Yeah. I mean, I do think that it helps people develop some kind of thinking, but it it goes to show you because I I do remember when we got our first calculator as a household when I was a kid in the 70s. And it was like a magic thing. We would just sit there and play with it. I mean, it was it was crazy that you could yeah. do all these numbers and stuff. And they wouldn't let you use it. And it was almost like the idea is, well, how are you going to do it if you don't have a calculator? And now right? what do we have? And now we have a We cal- have, we have every, a calculator attached to us every minute of the day. We have every bit of information that's available to the world <laughs> on this little, devi- little device every minute of every day. Yeah. Right? Um, I mean that that this is leverage. The the phone oh my is, gosh. is is leverage. It, the world moves ahead so dramatically because of information that we know that allows us to leverage the possibility of where we want to get to um, by literally dropping thoughts of how we thought we would get there in in the past. And I think you know, I mean. I think a person has to ask themselves because what because here this is part of this is true. Very often a person's ideology, who they see themselves as an individual, gets very much attached to how they approach work right. in life. And if if they think that their worth is based on how hard they actually work, then it becomes a threat to them to think, well, you could work easier and get ten times the results done. You know, it doesn't compute. Like what yeah. the, what does that mean about me? Right. So there's a it goes deep. Yeah, and then look at Richard Branson, who leverages talent like right. nobody's business. Talent, ideas, other people's visions, money, like he leverages everything. And he's built amazing, amazing wonderful companies. things. Amazing yes. companies, yeah. 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 I mean, I remember when Virgin first really became a thing. I loved flying Virgin. It was a completely yeah. different experience. Yeah. And that's how he designed it, is to be a completely different. It was fun. Flying was fun again. Yeah, I did. I did really enjoy. Yeah, we flew Virgin to the UK and it was wonderful. (laughs) He knows how to give an experience. It was wonderful. For sure. But I mean, he's even involved in, in, he's so philanthropic. And I mean, 
he couldn't have done any of that himself. Right. He had to leverage talents. What he's best at is, you know, having an idea and then finding the best person to execute that idea. Yeah. Well, look at Netflix and Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Blockbuster just wouldn't hear of it, right? Yeah. Like who would ever possibly do what Netflix was suggesting? Yeah. You know, to the point where Netflix tried to sell it to them, you know, when they were str- when they were struggling and they still did not see uh, the possibility that they were actually sitting on. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, leverage is a leverage is a tricky thing, and I think the the you know, how I look at this is whenever I feel like I'm stuck, I always ask who, not how, right? Like who knows what I don't know yes. that can help me with this situation, this problem, this strategy, this goal. It's always who, yep. because I'm just me, and I have very limited level of intelligence and experience where there are thousands of people who are way better at specific things than I am. We're literally talking lifetimes of information, right? Because a person can only learn so much on their own in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people that have so many different skill sets and expertise and different ways of thinking and different ways of getting results. Using them leverages all of that time and condenses it so that it can become something practical for our, for our business. I love that. I think that's a good place to stop. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. If you like what you've heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.